From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis and the Mississippi Delta for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Beale Street Caravan is provided by the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau and the AutoZone Corporation. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on the program, we're at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music as they celebrate their 15th anniversary. We'll hear performances from the Bokies and we'll sit down and talk with Floyd Newman, who performed on Stax's very first hit record, Last Night by the Marquis. Then we'll head to the Bill Street Music Festival to catch a set from one of our favorite local artists, Reba Russell. Bill Street Caribbean contributor Jim Spake is back with us to continue a series on the legendary sidemen that played Rock's original lead instrument. The series is called Crazy About a Saxophone, and that's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. We have got the Bokeys on the show today. They're a favorite of ours here at Bill Street Caravan. In fact, the guys in the band have been on the show in one incarnation yeah, or another. Yeah, so many different incarnations, most recently with Don Bryant, high records legend. The other thing that we should point out is that this performance celebrates the 15th anniversary of the Stax Museum of American Soul Music. It feels like they've always been around. It's such a part of our fabric around here, the Stax Academy and the museum. And you can think about the events that they have at the museum, the book signings that they have, the artists that come through that perform mm -hmm. at the museum. It does feel like they've always been here. Here are the Bo Keys performing from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music, live on Beale Street Caravan.
That was the Bow Keys performing from Studio A at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music live on Beale Street Caravan. Recognize this song? You should. It's Last Night by the Marquis. It was the very first hit for Stax Records, reaching number three on the pop charts and number two on the R&B charts. The Marquis, if you're unaware, they were the house band for Stax in the early days. In a way, the Marquis were more a concept or collaborative band than a real band. They were an integrated group, remember this is the segregated South in the 60s, and they had a floating lineup. Lots and lots of people played in the Marquis, but there was definitely a core group to it. And that core, drummer Al Jackson Jr., guitarist Steve Cropper, and Louis Steinberg and Duck Dunn splitting bass duties, they eventually stepped out and started Booker T and the MGs. And following the Marquis' blueprint, they provided house band duties for Stax while also releasing instrumental singles under the band's name. Saxophonist Floyd Newman was also a crucial part of the original Marquis' lineup. That's him taking the lead break on last night. And that's also Floyd providing the signature oh yeah vocal part in the break. Floyd was one of the originators of the classic horn sound that became synonymous with Memphis music. After the Marquis, he joined fellow Marquis musicians Wayne Jackson and Andrew Love to form, you guessed it, the Memphis Horns. His history before Stax is equally compelling. He was an early member alongside jazz great George Coleman in the B.B. King Review. He played with Jackie Brinston and Sam Cooke. He led a band around Memphis featuring Howard Grimes on drums and a young, unknown Isaac Hayes on keyboards. Floyd was on hand at the Stax Museum of American Soul Music for the Bow Keys performance celebrating the 15th anniversary of the museum. He received honors from the mayor of Memphis, Jim Strickland, declaring May 3rd the Stax Museum and Floyd Newman Day. He was also there for another very important reason. He was there to give his saxophone to the museum. Not just any saxophone. You see, Floyd Newman has had the same saxophone for his entire career. That's totally unbelievable. <laughs> it was the actual instrument played on countless hits for Stax Records, including the Marquis' Last Night. Now the iconic instrument sits behind glass alongside Wayne Jackson and Andrew Love's horns. The instruments of the Memphis horns are together again to inspire future generations of Memphis musicians. And we're honored to have been able to sit down with this legend of Memphis music and hear him tell us his story in his own words. Uh, here in Memphis, we were all here in the same neighborhood. <laughs> that was so funny, because uh, I lived with my parents two blocks from Stax. Two blocks, two blocks. And uh, uh, but he lives, I guess, about a half a mile away, which is, which was only a few blocks, and uh, Al Jackson, and, and uh, we, we just all at one time, we had played together at one time. And because uh, Booker was working in my bands when he was in the 12th grade at high school. I had to pick him up, and he worked on Fridays and Saturday nights. Uh, I'd pick him up at home and take him back home at two or three o'clock in the morning and all that kind of stuff. We just all had a good relationship. We were lucky to be uh, a group of good musicians. And uh, I said good musicians, I'm gonna say musicians. We were at an average level. And uh, uh, the white musicians we came in contact with, they, they, had, they had been in high school together. And uh, eventually, uh, they, I think they recorded something before they, before they became the real uh, Marquis, you know. 
And it was just the high school boys. These were children. They were 16, 17 years old. I'm 86. I was older than everybody at Stacks. And they used to laugh. And that included I was older than Isaac Hayes, Duck, Don, Steve, or everybody. It was some kind of way. Everybody was the same age except Floyd and Gilbert Cable. We were 10 years older than all everybody else. Everybody else was the same age. That was really kind of unbelievable, <laughs> you know. But anyway, uh, we were dealing with music and not attitudes and, and race. And uh, it's sort of a thing like musicians never looked at race. Athletes don't look at race. You know, and you're working together, there was never an argument, nothing. We just got it. We were about playing music, not playing politics. And that's what it was all about. Mm-hmm. We, we had a fantastic relationship with everybody that was working at Stacks at that time. And uh, uh, it was just a good uh, group of musicians that came together and blossomed, became better than they were at that particular time when they first came together. And uh, I enjoyed it, you know, And uh, but I had worked with a lot of people before I came to Stax. I was the only one that had worked uh, before Stax. I had been on the road with Sam Cooke, Jerry Butler, Dionne Warwick. I had been one with all them people and a lot of other people before I came to Stax. I just happened to come home and visit my parents who lived right around the corner. And I walked around the corner, and uh, Stax, Stax was a movie uh, at one time. I think the name was Capital or something. Anyway, and it become the uh, recording studio. And uh, some of the musicians were sitting outside. I said, Floyd, where you come from? <laughs> I said, hey, how y'all doing? They said, uh, you want to make some sessions? I said, what? You got your own? I said, yeah, well, I, I brought it. I've been out of town, you know, because uh, I've been on the road with other people. And uh, that's how I get, got in stacks. It is, I walked on in, and I became a part of the uh, studio musicians. That's how it started. And then I was there many, many years until uh, they became bankrupt. And New Atlantic bought them out because uh, Stacks didn't have no distribution. So Atlantic became aware of the hits that were coming out of Stacks. So Atlantic bought uh, Stacks out, and uh, Stacks became bankrupt. And uh, Atlantic picked up all the musicians, and I was, you know, I was one of the. Uh, there was three of us calling Memphis Horns. Uh, Andrew Love, Wayne Jackson, and uh, myself, and uh, Jay Wexler, the owner of uh, Atlantic in New York, he named us the Memphis Horns. Uh, he had heard us playing on all these records and things, and, uh, he, and uh, he came to the point, he said, send me those Memphis Horns. That's the way he said it, so the name stuck with us. And it, we went to New York and 
And then uh, Jerry started sending us to Miami, play behind his artists, and New York, and uh, Muscle Shows, Alabama, to those different studios. And uh, we were quite busy. You know, I was a school teacher. I'm a retired school teacher. You didn't know that, did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm a retired school teacher. I'm a professional retired musician and and a musician. See, I'm a jazz musician. The only jazz musician Stax had. I played jazz all over town. But my teacher for that was a guy, a saxophonist named George Coleman. His name was up there. He and I went to, uh, he and I was on the road with BB. And, uh, show you what, what caliber a musician George was. When we left BB, he said, what you gonna do? I said, I'm going back to college. So George said, I'm gonna go to Chicago and hang out and see, see what I can do. He went there and hung out. And within about a week's time, Max Roach had hired him next week. Miles Davis had hired him and he, he, he just went on to, became, to become a, a great, fantastic saxophonist jazz saxophonist, you know, and we talk all the time. Now, as a, a couple of days ago, he called me. How you doing, Floyd? <laughs> See what happened? Right on that wall, everybody in the B.B. King's band are deceased. Now, George and I, let me go back up. See that picture of B.B. King's band up there? Mm -hmm. Well, everybody on there, are, Deceased except me. George was not in that band. George didn't come into the band until after about three months. Uh, saxophonist that was in the band. That's why he's not on. He's not in the original band. Uh, one of the saxophone players got into some problems, and and BB uh, had to fire him. So that's when somebody called uh, Memphis and said, "Well, hey." and get George to come and help us out. So it's about, George came into the band about three months after that picture was taken. And uh, he and I are the only survivors today. <laughs> That's a lot of people deceased, yeah. And uh, like I said, he called me a couple of days ago checking on me and I could just say I do the same thing for him. And uh, uh, that's that. Yeah, but he's, he's the one that taught me how to play jazz, George Coleman. He was a fantastic saxophonist, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was playing alto, the horn my dad had. <clears throat> and uh, as the years go by, we did think come up about a hundred year old horn because during the times that I was going to music, music stores every now and then and buying reeds and things, one of the repairmen said, Floyd, this is an old horn. I'm gonna check the check the serial numbers and find out what it what what it might be. So yeah, I checked it one day. He told me, he said, Floyd, I checked it. He said that horn was some some way somewhere right not around somewhere around made somewhere around 1918. He said right in there. That's why the hundred year thing came, hundred year old horn. So I said okay. And uh, that horn has been a part of me. In the Army? See, I've been in the Army. I was in the Army for two years. 
And uh, travel all over the world. You know, it's, it's been an interesting life. I had a wonderful life because I took advantage of my life. When I say I took advantage of I wanted to do more than just play music. See, I, I went to college to be a dentist, but the band was so popular that sororities and fraternities were contacting the school. And uh, so we were going out of town all the time, and getting back on the campus at four o'clock in the morning, and I had an eight o'clock chemistry class. I didn't do nothing, but just would drop off to sleep. And the chemistry told me, teachers told me, said, uh, Mr. Newman, you know, uh, sometimes when y'all come to college, y'all parents be talking to you and being different things. And I said, no, I've always wanted to be a dentist before I got to college. I, he said, well, I heard you play and you play very well. You know, he said, I suggest you maybe you need to change your major. See, I was the only one in the band that wasn't majoring in music. Mm. Everybody else was majoring in music. I didn't want to be a musician. I wanted to be a Dr. Newman. <laughs> That's what I wanted to be. Coming up next in the show, we have feature host Jim Spake. He's a true musician's musician. You've heard him on a ton of records. He knows music inside and out, and today he leads us on a guided tour of the heavyweight sidemen of yesterday. Specifically, the sidemen, just like Floyd Newman, from the early years of rock and roll that played rock's original lead instrument, the saxophone. The series is called Crazy About a Saxophone. Here's Jim. Blues, jazz, R&B, seems like you can't have one without some of the others. This week we look at some great saxophonists known primarily for their work in jazz. Most everyone we're exploring in this series had background in jazz, and once the electric guitar's popularity took hold and blues honking went out of style, many sax players returned to a career in jazz. Today's bunch were a great influence on the honkers that follow them, though. Let's start out with Illinois Jaquette, who was born in Brossard, Louisiana, but raised in Houston. He joined Lionel Hampton's band at age 19 after some road work with other bands and soon set the standard for the bluesy Texas tenor style that inspired the legion of rock and roll sax honkers to come. Here he is with the solo from Lionel Hampton's band that started it all, Flying Home, featuring Illinois Jaquette in 1942. Thank you. 
After his time with Lionel Hampton's band, Illinois Jaquette went on to play with Cab Calloway and Count Basie and made numerous recordings under his own name. But he would always duplicate his famous flying home solo, note for note, live and on recordings of that song during his long career. Here he is with his own small group in 1945. Arnett Cobb was also from Houston and replaced Jaquette in Hampton's band and furthered the big Texas tenor sound. By the time World War II was over, the bands were getting smaller and the music took on a more jubilant tone. And the tenor sax seemed to be the voice of the time. Here's Arnett Cobb honking on some early R&B from 1947 with Go Red Go. Arnett Cobb mixing up the jazz and blues and coming out with some R&B. Jimmy Forrest was born in St. Louis in 1920 and played with Jay McShann and Duke Ellington in the 40s and with Miles Davis in the early 50s. But with Duke, he was featured on a slow, bluesy movement of an Ellington train-themed suite called Happy Go Lucky Local in 1946. When he left the band, Forrest took the main theme for his own and the R&B standard Night Train was a hit in 1951. It went on to be covered by scores of artists over the years, from Oscar Peterson to James Brown, and it's still considered an R&B standard. Here's Jimmy Forrest with Night Train. Jimmy Forrest with Night Train from 1951. Another formidable Ellingtonian delved into the R&B scene. Alto sax legend Johnny Hodges made many records under his own name, usually using other sidemen of Dukes. Here's Castle Rock, which gives the spotlight to Illinois-born tenor man Big Al Sears.
Big Al Sears with Johnny Hodges. Castle Rock from 1951. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. This is Jim Spake for Beale Street Caravan. Crazy about a saxophone. We want to remind our listeners you can find Beale Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Look us up and join in on the fun. For more information, or if you want to get involved, go to our website at BealeStreetCaravan.com. Shoot us an email or sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast. It's available through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and just about anywhere podcasts can be found. Speaking of podcasts, check out our newest production, the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, also available through iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, we're about to take in a set from Bill Street Caravan perennial favorite. Reba Russell. Reba is a pillar of the local music community and a longtime friend of ours here at Bill Street Caravan. She's no stranger to our audience, but it's worth repeating her accolades. Eight acclaimed studio efforts to her credit. Reba is a national force in the blues scene and an amazing ambassador for Memphis music and a great mentor to all of our younger local artists. Not to mention, she's a studio veteran working alongside legendary producers like Chips Moman and Jim Dickinson. Reba brings that special touch of Memphis soul to the countless recording projects she's been a part of. Just one example, and my favorite, that's her singing alongside B.B. King and Bono in the hit song, When Love Comes to Town, off of U2's 1990 classic, Rattle and Hum. We were fortunate enough to capture her and the band performing at the Bill Street Music Festival. Here's Reba Russell, live on Bill Street Caravan.
this place gives you that's the whole beauty of memphis music it's mm -hmm. like because you know we're kind of renegades here and really independent so once you store, sort of stick your toe in the water here you kind of get that thing where it's like i'm changing this i'm making this bet i'm gonna make a mark yeah. On this place, you know? And I think Memphis also gives many people the guts to go against the grain sometimes. Uh, when I moved here, I had no history. Mm -hmm. And because I live here and lived here and worked here, I, I am a part of history now. And yeah. It's, it's amazing. Is that like a weight? Well, it's just now starting to come over me where I'm realizing, and of course, we've lost so many people in the last few years mm -hmm. that were my mentors and people that I loved and followed and all that that aren't here anymore. And many of us talk a lot among ourselves that, oh, crap, we're becoming <laughs> yes. those people. So... In a way, it's an honor. In a way, it's a scary thing. But the, it beats the hell out of the alternative. I mean, yeah. I'm still making music, and that's what my life is basically about. So, yeah, it's fabulous. Just like playing, you know, the Beale Street Music Festival. I mean, I was playing it before it was really near the big as festival. Big. That Absolutely. Is. So when I think back on those first years and... Um, and then where it is now, and the fact that I get called to play it, it's like, right on. <laughs>
you've worked on lately that that have just been like wow I can't okay. wait for this to come out um, well one that just came out is Dana Fuchs uh, new record we've been on several of the Bokeys and, and Percy uh, did a Robert Finley record a couple years ago um, John Nemeth there's a band called Low Cut Connie that's getting a lot of yeah. uh, press and play that Vicki Loveland and I sang on their record, and um, so I have huge pride in that, too, that I get called for these sessions, and 
you know, Memphis has really been popping in the last couple years on a lot of recorded releases, and uh, I get to be a part of a lot of those, and it's fabulous. It's just, uh, it's awesome to, to help somebody else get their sound. You know, I am so lucky, and I, and I just really want to reiterate that the reason is because I'm in Memphis. I moved here a non-musician at 13 years old, and I have had a 40-something year career because my mother moved here. And, you know, a lot of us get hangdog about our town. I'm sure lots of musicians everywhere get hangdog about their town. But the truth of the matter is, this place will lift you if you're willing to get on the ride. Yeah, it is and on a you're ride willing, also. And you're willing <laughs> definitely. to take the ups and downs and be strong. This place can teach you how to make music and be a musician. I am living proof of that.
Russell, y'all. That was Reba Russell live on Bill Street Caravan. To learn more about Reba and her music, head over to RebaRussell.com. You can always count on Reba being a part of the Bill Street Music Festival and the King Biscuit Music Festival down the river in Helena, Arkansas. Two amazing music festivals you may want to put on your bucket list. Definitely. And earlier in the program, we heard from the Bo Keys. For more information on the Bo Keys, head over to thebokeys.com. Check out their tour dates and be sure to try to catch them on their current tour, supporting Memphis soul icon Don Bryant. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Follow us there. We've always got special features and additional content that we think you'll enjoy. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available anywhere podcasts can be found. We'll be back next week, so see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you've been listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. 